my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. Staring off in space. Hi, Heather. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm enjoying my owl. I'm enjoying my popsicle. Oh, good. That your son's enjoying it as well. Oh, yeah, he just kicked me. <laughs> yes, give me more, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beautiful, beautiful day out. We have the garage door open halfway, so if you hear birds and our children playing or mowers mowing, then don't forget the cars. Sorry about you. Oh, yeah, the cars. Cars like to fly by through here. Sorry. But it's such a beautiful day. I can't have the garage door closed. I have no idea what these girls are doing. They're girls standing right outside my house. Just talking to each other. I, I think they're having a, um, they're having a bitch fest. Yeah, they're having a bitch fest. You know, where they just kind of, like, sit down. Like, I don't know. if You you know, I've had a bitch fest before. Oh, yeah. And they look like they're riding their bike, and they just kind of stopped. And that was a convenient place to bitch about something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's probably what's going on right now. Kids. Teenagers. Are they teenagers? Though? They're preteen. Right, at least. Yeah, yeah definitely. Ah, teenagers. <laughs> if I yell it loud enough, do you think they'll realize we're in here? You have to do the old woman voice with the, get off my lawn! Hey, you kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> I apologize for what happened and for last week. What happened last week? I got sick. Okay, so we're recording this on Saturday. Sorry, on Friday. The day... I thought I lost a day there for a second. No, no, sorry. It's Friday. Okay. We're recording this on Friday, the day that you guys are supposed to be getting this uh, this episode. But I was sick on Wednesday, which was when we were supposed to record. And this is the next available time we were able to get together and actually record the episode. So, sorry. Oh, but I do want to make a special, special shout out to someone. I don't know this person's name. I have no idea who you are. But whoever you are who lives in San Jose and you listen to us every week, I want to say thank you. Because... Every week since almost the very beginning of our podcast, I see San Jose on our on our little analytics thing, and it's never it never fails. Always one of the first listeners. That's awesome. At seven a.m. on a Friday in San Jose, I'm guessing San Jose, Texas. If you're working third shift, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he could be on his way. He or she could be on his way. Their way to work. Okay, but if it's seven a.m. here. How? Oh, true. I think it's a t- if it's how Texas, early it's a is it in Texas? It, sometimes it's three, isn't it? It's one. I don't know. No, because Texas is a, uh, I believe, a one-hour time difference from Nevada, which is a three-hour time difference from here. Okay. So I'm pretty sure Texas is a two-hour time difference. Okay. Well, I think I, I don't know. know. But thank Either you, way, thank you, thank you, San Jose. I'm just gonna call you San Jose because I don't know your name or anything. But I very much appreciate it, and I always look forward to seeing that San Jose pop up. 
And it's always one of the first ones, and it's amazing. I love it. So thank you. Thanks a lot. Woohoo. That was my spe- my special shout out that Thanks. I wanted to give. Darren, do you have any special shout outs? I guess I have a shout out for my coworker. He uh he shared with me his ghostly experience. Yes. Why don't you tell us about that ghostly experience? Because it's freaking amazing. So we were talking about supernatural stuff and ghosts and obviously our podcast. Yeah. And he's like, you can't, you're not going to believe what happened. I'm like, what? And he's got a buddy who um, has is living in a current haunted house. When I first moved in, their daughter, who I think is about five, came running downstairs. They don't have anything in their house yet. The house is cleared out. They're just moving their stuff in. She comes running down the stairs. Daddy, daddy, look. The old man gave me a coin. Oh, boy. A little weird. They didn't really think much of it. Now, my coworker's friend, he is conscious, and he does have security cameras in his house. And so every once in a while, he'll while he's at work, he'll look at the... The footage to check in on his wife and his kids because he's got five of them. Oh boy, I know. <laughs> I'd want to check in too. Crazy household. We just check it in. Well, he saw um, he was watching it, and how this what my coworker told me was that he had called his wife and told her to get out of the house because there was a man in the house. Oh. And when he got there, there was nothing there, like because he cleared the whole house and walked through it all, and there's nobody there. Oh. So we went back to look at the, the security footage. And let's see if I can pull up the exact times. It, it doesn't matter. I, I've seen them. It doesn't matter the exact times. There is literally one second. second difference. So in, in the video, in the picture, you see the kitchen with his wife in the kitchen. And you see the dog staring down a hallway. And one second of a, it looks like an elderly gentleman. And then it's gone within a second. I didn't get the elderly gentleman when I looked at it. Well, they paired it together with everything else. Their two younger kids, okay. the five-year-old and the, I think, six or seven-year-old have been saying about the old guy. Okay. So they're calling an older gentleman. All right. Um, but you could definitely see an outline of a person. Oh, and 100% percent it was a person. And then the next second it's gone. So it's like a three-second interval, and it was yeah. just, it was amazing. And the entire time the dog is staring down that hallway. Like, uh, like yeah. so intense. Like, the dog was like, had this death stare. I was staring at something. It's the creepiest thing. Now, did you ever get permission if we could post I'm it? I'm waiting for a text back from him. Okay. If we get permission, we'll totally post those pictures, but we don't want to post it, you know, because his wife's in the picture and all that. Yeah. So, we have to get special permission, but if we do, we'll post it so you guys can see that, because... I might be able to just crop awesome. out the dog part. Oh, yeah, because that's really the part that, <coughs> that we... Yeah. But I'd like to have the timestamp. Can crop it. All right. Well, all right. I'll I'll talk to him. All right. We'll it. see. We'll He's see. He's got to clear it with his friend. It, it's it's just phenomenal and was amazing. Oh man, way to open a show, Taryn. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently it was just a ghostly week. I didn't have any ghostly things happen. No, I can't verify it. I had a weird thing happen. What was your weird thing? Well, it has to do with our subject, so I'll let you know. Our subject today is we're going to be talking about the Indiana Central State Hospital. I was talking to my stepdaughter on the phone, Kaylee. Yeah. 
And she, she doesn't, she doesn't know like the subjects that we do. I don't always tell her what the subjects that we're going to do. So I know I didn't tell her about this one. So I haven't talked to her in a bit. And she, she's talking and she goes, Hey, did you know that there's this big insane asylum hospital thing in Indy? And I'm like, yeah, the central state hospital. I know about that. I'm doing my, my podcast subject on it this week. And, and she goes, Oh, my mom is going there and they're going to go through the museum. I'm like, that's weird. Cause I mean, we're just, we're, we're doing our subject on this and then you're just bringing it up. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. We should go to the museum on it. I totally want to go to the museum, but see here, it's not like a haunted museum. It's fine. It's a medical history museum. I said, we'll still see some weird stuff. Yes. Maybe. Depending. Yeah, they don't like it if you ask about ghosts, so. Speaking of ghosts, I thought I saw one the other day. Really? I told you, kind of. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we had a... Um, a oh, yes, pass. that's right, this. Okay, sorry. He passed <laughs> He passed last week, and it was very a difficult moment. And we ended up having his funeral on Monday. And we're at the burial site, and everyone's standing around, and they're doing all the burial stuff and I see someone on the other side that looks really familiar I just couldn't place it and we had a whole bunch of friends that had a group text going on through instant messenger and at the end um, someone posted the obituary with his face and the same hat that he was wearing in the picture was the same hat that the guy at the other end of the uh, the other end was wearing and the weirdest thing because it was it was one of it was one of those people that you you talk to you're friends with but you hadn't seen him in Five to six years. Yeah. And we, there was a lot of reconnecting with a lot of people there. And so, like, I, once we got done with everything, I literally went to go walk to the other side to go say hi, you know, catch up on stuff. Because he looked really familiar. He was gone. Nowhere to be found. Maybe it was just a really quick person that you know, bucked out that, you know, just looked really familiar. But I'm telling you, it, it looked identical to the obituary picture. Maybe he has a twin brother that no one knows about. I think the mom would know. Um, I would hope the mom would know. It, just imagine the situation. She's in the hospital giving birth. And she's so out of it because of all the drugs. And she, you know, she's pushing the one baby out. And then she actually puts two babies out. And no one ever said anything. And someone stole the other baby. Whisked him away. I, even like 31 years ago, I think that would still be pretty hard to do. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe once upon a time. Maybe. Okay, no. I totally think, though, that you definitely saw a ghost. But I think you're definitely a lot more sensitive than I am to that kind of stuff. Since you're psychic. I am not psychic. It's never been proven, woman. (laughs) It will. When? When you and a friend go to the park with your sons. That's when. But it wasn't just boys. Well, that's right. There was a girl there. Well, your friend has a girl. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, it was your girl? So, in, I, I've had a reoccurring dream ever since I was about, what, 10, 10 yeah, 11 years old? Super young. And the reoccurring dream is I have two boys, close in age, riding. One has a bike, one has a bike with a tricycle. Like with a, um, not a tricycle. Yeah. With training, training wheels. wheels. So, one has is riding his bike, the other one's riding his bike with the training wheels. I'm walking next to a friend with brown hair, and she looks, she feels very familiar. We're very comfortable just talking about stuff. Walking through a grassy park covered in trees. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm pushing a stroller with a baby girl on it. It's still possible. Possible. I it don't is think it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to make sure it happens. How are you going to make sure I get pregnant with a little girl? I don't don't you worry about it. <laughs> I'll make sure it happens. Hey, honey, if you listen, watch out. <laughs> Your husband doesn't listen no. to us. <laughs> he thinks it's really cool that we do a podcast. Yeah. He goes, I believe in that stuff. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. That's what Tyler is, too. Well, he thinks the more you talk about it and the more you mess around with it and the more you do stuff with it, the more um, mm-hmm. you attract it. Yep. Tyler believes that as well. And so, as do I, which is why we're going to have to go to that mesophi- metaphysical shop and go buy some sage. That's going to have to happen. Um, I already told Tyler that. It's like, it's inevitable. We're going to have some stuff in our garage. Sorry. Burn some sage. <laughs> yeah. So my husband wants to so like, hey, honey, what'd you do today? Oh, I did my podcast. We talked about, I don't want to know. Honey, I don't want to know. But the last one was fine. The last one was fine, but he just, how was your day? Good, I did the podcast. Great. And then he changed the <laughs> subject. Like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't even open up to it. He thinks it's really cool that we do it. Uh-huh. Well, it's nothing to do with it. I told Tyler, if he's going to listen to any of them, listen to last week's, because that one was just funny. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear a weird fact? All right. In... The year 1567, the man said to have the longest beard in the world died after he tripped over his beard running away from a fire. (laughs) Wow. That poor guy. Well, he doesn't have the longest beard anymore. This week, my notes are presented by my Samsung tablet and my iPhone. And Taryn's iPhone, because that's, she lifts things up on it. All right. The Indiana Central State Hospital. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever heard of that, Taryn? Yes. You know where it's at? Indy. Indy. Right? It's because I've said it like a thousand times. You did. Um, but with some of the training we were recently doing on the subject that we were recently learning about for work, insane asylums and mental health hospitals... Uh, a lot of it came up in topics, so we talked about a lot of the ones that used to be around here and the ones that are still near here. Okay. Is the one in Evansville still around? Yes. Okay. Everyone has heard the stories of asylums. I mean, American Horror Story did did a whole season on the asylums, and you have these tropes and about them and how they're creepy, but honestly, a lot of them really were very creepy. Now, this one used to be known as the Indiana Hospital for the Insane. was opened up in November of 1827. The Indiana legislator decided, all right, it's time. We kind of need to get an insane asylum. Everyone else has one, so why not we get one? Well, the reason that they wanted to get one in Indianapolis, because first of all, it's the capital of Indiana, and there were several other smaller... Um, hospitals for the insane around but then they wanted like a nice one one with where they could do cutting edge treatments for them well that and they used to make it look really pretty yes and the reason why they used to make it really pretty is like okay here's these people who are you know mentally and clinically depressed and all this other stuff so if we put them in a pretty area then they're not going to be as depressed but then some of the stuff that happened on the inside made it worse yes yes it did now 
But this hospital was located on one of a little over a hundred acres of wooded area on the west side of Indianapolis. And it actually, when it first opened, only had one building. On a hundred acres of land, it had one building. And it opened up for their opening, had five patients. Which is a little low, I think. Yeah. For a new insane asylum around that time. But they very, very quickly added more buildings. They added separate dormitories for men and women. Uh, The women was called the Seven Steeples. It was very famous. It looked very gothic architecture. It was very pretty. Um, But that was for the women patients. Let's see. They had a chapel, a sick hospital. Those are for the treatment of patients from suffering from physical ailments. And a whole bunch of other buildings just sprang up all around the campus. And I did look up some pictures of the old campus, like an aerial view of the old campus. It was beautiful, wasn't it? It was very pretty. They had so much open land. And it, it was it was very pretty, though. The buildings looked interesting. I wish I had my notes with me from my class. Mm-hmm. Because there was one part in there where she actually listed off of the things that men used to do to get rid of their wives. And part of it was to put them in the means of the oh, yeah. asylum. Yeah, I, I can't find it online, but I know I have it somewhere in my house. But it took me like twenty minutes to find it. Oh, and a lot of a lot of them were like that. But so far, doing my research on Central State stuff like that was not happening here. Oh, good. I don't really know, but well, we never as, know. Yes, as far as my research, I never came across any of that. A few other weird things, but none of that. So along the line, the conditions that were treated at the hospital. Spanned from a lot of different things. They did clinical depression, schizophrenia. Unfortunately, a lot of people were sent there because they were known as simpletons. Yeah. So just mentally handicapped. The overuse of tobacco. Yeah. And the overuse of alcohol. And <laughs> just a huge wide range of, of things. They were sent there. But I did never come across the whole men just dropping off their wives. Well, they couldn't just drop them off. But what they would do, don't quote me because it's been several weeks since I've looked at my notes, but it was like, my my wife's crazy. My wife's bipolar. My wife's this. My wife's that. And they'd have to like barely, like not even really prove it, just like do whatever they wanted to do to like to put them in there. And as long as they convinced whoever was in charge of it that that was right, Mm -hmm. they'd put the woman in there and then um, normally that's how they got away with their affairs or marrying some other lady or getting a divorce because life's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely, I know, went on at a few other ones that I've seen in my research as well. Well, I definitely want to talk about the subject again. Yes. Just more of a broad subject. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other patients that I also had were people that were in there known as criminally, criminally insane so they're, those are the people who were crazy and they did bad things. Yes. Think of, I always, whenever I hear criminally insane, I always think of Hannibal Arkham. Arkham. I think of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I guess I guess that's a nicer thought than I was having. I was thinking yes. of Hannibal Lecter. Well, yes, he is criminally insane as well. Well, these patients, the criminally insane ones, were obviously to 
violent to be housed with everyone else. So they had to place them in other areas. They, Central State had these tunnels that ran underneath all the buildings that would connect one to the other so you wouldn't have to go above ground. And in these tunnels, they carved out some side rooms. Obviously no windows or anything. There's just these side rooms and they put doors on them. And they put shackles and ropes and things in them. And that's where they put the criminally insane ones. Hmm. Or the ones that just wouldn't shut up. Supposedly. I love how you winked at me when you said that. Oh, you know. It, it, it was talked about that they did this. But never technically proven. That's because it was never probably documented. And if it wasn't documented. And even if it was documented, they probably didn't keep the documents. Because who wants to relate to that kind of history? Well, that is true. Well, that is true. Now, there was a doctor who was the superintendent at the time in 1870 who wrote a letter to the governor of Indiana. And I, this is just... A dick of it up. Yeah. <laughs> but the letter he wrote was basically describing the basement dungeons and how they were dark and humid and unfit for anybody and filled with maniacs and we need who needed light and air and food and and they just were not being treated very well and i'm just like you're the superintendent can't you do something about that unless they didn't have enough money and well maybe maybe he was trying to do the right thing right Mm -hmm. so maybe he recently he took over and realized how bad the situation was. Or he finally got away from his desk and finally walked down there to see how bad the situation was. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we should probably make a different building with, you know, windows and whatnot for these people. Like, not house them with the normal crazies, just a different house for the different crazies. Yeah. And I know that's not the right technical no, term. That just makes me laugh. <laughs> and I know it's not politically correct or any of the other stuff. It's like, it's fine. crazies A and crazy B. Crazy B needs to be clipped away from the other one. So let's build a whole new building. And I need money to build this new building to get these people out of these sections. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. That was not really explained very well in this article. So it was just like, okay, you're writing this. And then it later goes on to say that he resigned in protest. Maybe he didn't get the money, wasn't able to... Okay. I'm trying that, to give that, him... That makes more sense. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, because what if they had a conversation about it, and then, and, they, and then the governor's like, okay, hey, write me write me a letter on what's going on, mm-hmm. and so they left out the contents of, hey, this is what I've seen, and this is what I want. Okay. He just wrote a letter of, you know, A, B, and C. No, that definitely makes more sense. Because it's, it's, it's funny, because with that kind of stuff, and any kind of things where you read when it comes to history, personal letter-wise, so anytime you're reading a personal letter or anything that's written, you know, from person A to person B, it's hard to not Monday, Monday morning quarterback it. You know what I mean by that? No. It's where all. you read it, and then you judge every single little thing without knowing all the contents around it. Okay. So we see this letter, mm-hmm. and the letter by itself is very dark. Maybe it was dark, but maybe it wasn't. Because we're missing contents. So we didn't see the letter before that or the one after that. We're just getting this one, which is very, you know. Okay. Nasty. Yeah. That makes... But, see, I didn't... I don't have access to the whole letter, so I don't know everything yeah. that was said. I'm just going by this excerpt that they put in this article that I'm reading. Yeah. So the thing gets really hard. It's like, okay, well, what contents did that person write it in? Did he write it in a dark 
sense. Like, I'm going to make this guy look even worse. Or was he trying to make it look better and trying to make it look better made it look even worse? Yeah. So, we could go cynical and go, yeah, you're in charge. You left him in the dungeon. Yeah, you did. Or it could be, okay, you're in charge. You finally got off your desk. You went to go visit with these, like, walk through the hallway. Oh, this is worse than it used to be. What happened? Let's fix this. <laughs> and then he quits and protests because he's not getting what he needs to fix the issue. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That that does make a lot more sense. Yeah, because it does. He goes on and says about just how horrible the conditions are even in the normal dor- dormitories. Like they have straw mattresses. Those and, poor things. Huh? Those poor things. I know. I don't want a straw mattress. <gasps> How my memory about mattresses is even not even comfortable <laughs> right now. Well, nothing's going to be comfortable to you right now. True, <laughs> but, but still. Got you. All right. Well, a new superintendent was was appointed, and he did a lot of he did a lot of good stuff. He, I'm assuming, got more funding. Decided to build a, a few more buildings, the pathology laboratory. Which I feel like this is gonna go dark. I feel like he's gonna start doing like weird studies on people. Not like weird studies. They did do they did hundreds and hundreds of autopsies on all the dead patients when they died. I guess mean, that's one of the ways that we actually learned about the human body was yeah. all the autopsies they did. They, yeah, exactly. Well, the reason they did all the autopsies on the crazy people was to see what made them crazy, and they they it's did mental disorder. Yeah, you know, they did a lot of work. Yeah, and, and they they had a bunch of lectures and everything held there, and that pathology building is where the medical museum is is in that building. Okay. So they they did they they did try to do a lot of good things. See, it wasn't all shackles and and horribleness to the patients. They did good things too. They they held dances for them. They did crafts. They had a farm that they could work on. They did a lot of things for the patients that would be good. Yeah. Trying to get them out into the fresh air since they didn't really have too much of the knowledge on, like, medications and stuff like that. So they were doing what they could. Well, even the last five years, the medications that they have out there for Mm -hmm. mentally disabled has increased arms and legs. Like, they showed me the list from 10 years ago versus, like, today mm-hmm. and it's incredible all the different options that are out there wow just within a 10-year span that's really cool though the so the central state hospital did go through a, a it, it went through spans see what would happen is they were doing good they had all this funding they got new buildings different things to help out the patients and then they stopped sending them so much funding and the treatment of the patients went down and different allegations started coming up and then they would get funding again, and everything would be good again, and then things would go down. It was like an up and down hill with That's this place. A normal thing. It was just all over the place, all the time. They were going through this up and down of everything. Eventually, it would close in 1994. Central State Hospital was open until 1994. You're giving me I'm a real, real weird look. I'm processing this. Go ahead. <laughs> I was six years old. In 94? In 94, I was six years old. I was three. <laughs> That's right. You were still alive when this place closed down, huh. which is... 
I don't know why, but I always think of insane asylums as being, like, way in the past. Probably because of how much um, medical advancements we've gotten in the last several years. Like, not just, not like, the last 10 years, just in the last 20 years in general. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually really cool. There's a place here in uh, Fort Wayne called the Carriage House. Uh-huh. Do you know about the Carriage House? I've heard of it. Do you know what they do there? Nope. So the Carriage House, it's based off of a club, it's kind of like a clubhouse for anybody who has been diagnosed with any kind of mental disorder or disease. Oh. And you have to be diagnosed to be into that, like to be able to go there. Oh. And it's all voluntary. It's open seven days a week, all year round. And the people, they come in, they, you know, mingle with people who are dealing with the same stuff they're dealing with. And they learn how to, like, they learn from each other. Because people who have mental disorders, it's anything from, you know, Joe Blow on the side of the street who doesn't know anything to doctors and lawyers and people with, you know, college degrees. And the Carriage House is actually one of the most successful clubhouse styles here in the United States. And they've actually helped open a whole bunch of other ones. Oh. And they started, they got their their design off of the one that opened up, I think they said New York City, because oh. that was the first one that opened. And basically, they are purposely understaffed so that the staff member, the paid staff members, have to rely on the people that are there, the club members, to help with stuff. Oh. And so they have, like, they have food there, they teach them how to cook, they teach them how to make, like, farm and do all those different things. And the really neat thing is they help them go back to school if they want to go to school, and they help them find jobs. That's really cool. It sounds like they're kind of incorporating a lot of the old school things yeah. with the new school thinking. Yeah, and it's it, cool. we got to go there and have lunch with these people and talk to them. You know, they're all, like, within the right mental state at the time. Sure. And got to hear their stories and how they got how what happened to them and how they have dealt with it and um, just how the clubhouse has actually helped them and you know, I never knew anything about it, and just listening. And they are, yes, they have a mental disorder, but they're still like you and me. Still people. They're still people, and they still go through the same types of struggles. And the fact that these people work together to help each other go back to school, and you know, if everybody treated everybody like these people treat themselves, like this group, mm-hmm. the world would be a better place. That's really cool. I really like that. And they're not half bad cooks either. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> now, say I've heard of the carriage house, but I just never knew what it was. Yeah. You nice. could um, go in and do a, like a tour and walk through, and uh, they're actually doing on the Fourth of July a five k run at Shelf Park oh. to help make um, for funding. Oh, fun! That's really cool. Well, if you guys are in the Fort Wayne area, check check that out on on July Fourth. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll be celebrating someone's birthday. We're gonna go watch fireworks for her birthday. <laughs> Is that what we did last year? It's what we do every year. <laughs> My youngest daughter is born on July 3rd. That's what she gets every year. And Rylan, who was born on the 28th of October, we get to go to house to house and get candy for his birthday. So, yeah, that's fine. In that case, my son gets Christmas. Yes, I think yours is pretty close to Christmas. He gets a fat guy and a sleigh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, so it closed in 1994. And they did do a lot of, obviously, they had to transfer patients to other institutions around the area. A lot of them went to Evansville. Um, and a lot of them were probably really striped in there. Yes, a lot of them were just kind of like, okay, see ya, bye. Released back into Indy. 
don't know how well that went for them. Well, a lot of the uh, humane, or I know we're only talking about this one, but yeah. a lot of them, when they closed down, some of them were transferred out, but the majority of them were like, you didn't meet qualifications, you're free to go. And that's how the whole clubhouse thing got started. It was a couple guys that found an abandoned building and just like, hey, let's work together. Yeah. So, but I, I couldn't imagine like, okay, you get thrown into this asylum. Mm-hmm. You get treated a certain way for however long you've been there. You don't know how to act with everyone no. else. And here you are all of a sudden out on the curb. What are you supposed to do? It's where all the, a lot of crime came from because they didn't know like how much to get my meal. They didn't know the proper way of doing it because they had been locked up for so long. Yeah. It's not like they did a PowerPoint presentation before they were released. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. 94, they might have. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Possible. But if they weren't on the right doses of medication, they wouldn't have been able to comprehend it. That's true. Depending on what their what diagnosis was. Yes. Yes. Well, that is the end of the history of Central State Hospital. Do you have anything you want to say about anything? Any any, any words on the history of Central State Hospital? I think State it's Hospital? fascinating. And I'd love to do more research into it. And like I said, I have a whole bunch of research at the house. And I should have told about it over here, but I forgot to. No, it was um, it was really cool. Oh, the cool thing that I did at work. I can bring it up now. The what? The cool thing I did at work when I said before I started talking. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I found this aerial view of the Central State Hospital. Uh, the picture that I found was from 1985. And it's a complete aerial view. And I made that half my screen on my computer at work. Nice. And then the other half, I pulled up the address, which is 202 Steeples Boulevard, for all of you people in Indy. And I pulled that up on Google Maps. And I made it, you know, the actual, not like street view, but, you know, the actual satellite view. Yeah. And I zoomed them both in to be exactly the same, just to see what buildings are still there, what's not there, what did they put in place of it. It's, it was pretty pretty cool to see. Now, there's these two buildings back in 1985 that were really odd-shaped. I'm guessing they were the dormitories. They were, like, almost in the shape of flowers, kind of. Like, weird hexagonal flowers. Huh. They were quite interesting looking. Well, when I looked at the view of the, of the now, of what's there now, both those buildings are gone. But in place of one of those buildings, they did build a new building, which is now a retirement home. Huh. And then there was another building. There was a lot of a lot of buildings that were torn down. There's this great big Victorian style looking building that was completely torn down. There's nothing there right now, which is sad. It was such a beautiful looking building. And then there's this other smaller building that is still there. It's the same building, but they converted it into apartments. I would love to talk to some people that live in those apartments. I know. I said the same thing. They put a nice pool in the back of it. I know. I don't know, but. I mean, I wonder how much stage they used. Right? Oh, I talked to my sister about it. My sister goes to Indy a lot. And she's, she's also into the whole ghost things and stuff. And one of the ghost shows that she watches apparently went there and some of the tenants said there are some there are some rooms that you just can't people can't live in those because of all the crazy crap that happens 
Alright, so we're going to wait until Rylan or Ashlyn's older. Okay. We're going to let them get an apartment there. Oh, yes. Move to Indy. Move in, right? Get an apartment there. Get an apartment. And then in about six months, go over there for a random surprise dinner. I'm like, okay, tell us all the stuff that's happened. Like, give us the scoop. Come on. My kids would hate me. I don't think they do it. Honey, I will pay for your rent for six months. Along with your internet, if you stay in this place. And then tell me and document everything that happens. I almost wonder, because I talk about this kind of stuff so much, even around them, are they going to believe it or are they going to not believe it because of me? I think they have to have, like, the experience. Like, for example, you heard my mom, right? Yeah. She lived in the same house I did. And she didn't know anything happened. And she didn't believe me when I told her all this stuff. Yeah. Yes, my brother... He knew a guy lived in his closet. Ugh. It's the same guy that probably stopped the car when I told you that story. Yes, yes. This guy he knew that. Mm-hmm. He knew that there was something in his closet. I want to know what was in your closet. I don't want to know. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into the fun stuff? I've been waiting for the fun stuff. I've been trying to hold back. I'm like, <laughs> I know you have to do the history, but let's go. Here's the fun stuff. We're getting into the hauntings. And all of these things that I'm going to tell you about are from people who actually worked there. So not mentally no. disabled. No, these are the people who worked at the facility in one way or another. Okay. They worked there. All right. This guy worked at Central before, State. Before you started, what do you think? Who do you think sees more weird stuff, like ghost-wise? Your janitors and your um, repair people? Or your, like, nursing staff or, like, main people? I would probably go with the maintenance workers more often because they're the ones who are getting into the weird, like, different corners of the place. And fixing stuff. And then the cleaning people. And they're there mostly by themselves. Sometimes. Sometimes it's quiet where they're at. They don't have a bunch of things being thrown at them from every which way, so they have no time to... Focus on to the focus on it, like a nurse. Yeah. Yes. So I would think more of a maintenance worker. I was just thinking about that because some of the stuff that happened at work, my friend was telling me other stories, and we'll get to that later. Okay. But, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, I know fine. I'm distracting. <laughs> it's fine. So, yeah, this guy worked at Central State for over 22 years in one way or another. He did a lot of maintenance. He did a bunch of different jobs in, in the hospital. Now, the first, the first thing that he did was he worked security. Obviously, make sure patients stayed put. Yeah. Didn't try to run away and all that. And then after a while, he worked in the boiler room. And that's where things got a little cray-cray. And that should not have come out of my mouth. Crazy. <laughs> I can't pull that off. <laughs> no, you can't. I'm not young enough for that. <laughs> that's when things got crazy. No, no, you start with cray-cray, you can't keep with the cray-cray. I can't do it. (laughs) Well, he would go down to the boiler room and always hear things. And he was down there by himself. And a lot of the times while he was down there, what he would hear was a woman screaming and then start sobbing. And then he'd stop and, and just look around, but he never found anything. Yeah. And... A lot of other times, also in the boiler room, I guess there were these big pillars that that were, guys, I don't know, holding up the room. I don't know why there would be pillars, but there were pillars. 
And as he's working, he would see basically out of the corner of his eye these shadows just going between the pillars. Which is pretty creepy. A little bit. Again, he'd go back and look and nothing would be there. He also tells a story that one time a patient was actually stoned to death by another patient. Um, There was like this grove of trees and now that I've looked at the aerial view like a thousand times this today, I know what grove of trees he's talking about because they're still there. You're over in that area and you see a little grove of trees. That's where one patient killed another patient. But he remembers he remembers that patient who did it was shipped off to another hospital in Logansport. Yeah. But when you walk by that grove of trees, you can still hear the screaming and moaning coming from it. Another time. So he's working at the guard shack because he, he does security sometimes as well. Yeah. He would see patients run by and like they, they were trying to escape. And, but they would be, like, just a blur. Like, they were there, but not really there. Yeah. But he would see them all the time, like, trying to get out. He's hearing things. He's seeing things. Like, this guy's got some stories to tell. But they're, like, okay. they're all onesies and twosies small stories. I saw a passing ghost here. I heard a scream here. It's nothing like a huge, big story. There's another guy that he worked with who has a scarier story. This guy decided on his shift that he was going to go take a nap. See, this this is why you don't sleep at work, people. No, no, that's not a good idea. So Ed's down in one of the pump rooms. He goes down to take a nap. He's sleeping. And he gets woken up by a set of hands choking him. Again, this is why you don't sleep at work. No. And he was down there all by himself. There was nothing really he could do. Something was choking him that he could not see. Somehow, whatever was happening stopped. He ran upstairs where the other guys were having a smoke break. Yeah. And it's flipping out. Tells him the story. And, and the other guy's just like, yeah, okay, you, you had a bad dream. Really. He goes, oh, yeah, then explain this. And pulls down a shirt collar. And you could see clear imprints of what, like red marks of where hands would be on his neck, Ooh. choking him. Yeah, craziness. I don't like that. Not a not a good thing. See, in one of the old powerhouses, they had this conveyor belt that would you would load the coal onto, and the conveyor belt would go into the big furnace. Uh, but you could only turn on the conveyor belt by pressing this button. Apparently, this button was really hard to push. Well, the guys were in the building. They didn't have the conveyor belt on. They didn't need it on at that moment in time. And they were just, you know, talking, being guys, talking about random crap. They hear this noise and they look over and the conveyor belt is running. That's weird. So they go over and they turn it off. That's that's whatever. Well, they finally get to the end of their shift. They walk out of the building. So they're going to go lock it up. And then they start hearing this noise. Another guy goes, is that? Does that sound like the conveyor belt? The other one's like, yeah, I think that that's the conveyor belt. He's like, should we go turn it off? And they're, they're like, no. <laughs> so they just locked the door and left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go back there either. It's like, I clocked out. It's not my problem. No, I'm, the next guys can deal with that one. I'm good. There are some more stories told by nurses. We're going to get some nurse stories as well. Yay. Yeah. This this is quite the story. 
I'll give you a little background to this story. There was a patient by the name of Alvin. Alvin wasn't, he wasn't like a danger to anyone or himself. He was, you know, he was there, but he was in one of those wards where he, he could wander if he wanted to. Well, one day, Alvin went missing. No one could find him. They called security. They looked everywhere. They finally put out something to the police as well, just to see if they found him anywhere, if he happened to get out. Yeah. Be on the lookout for Alvin. No one ever found Alvin. So a few months go by, and one of the nurses notices one of her women in the women's ward was going missing. Her name was Agnes. They looked for Agnes, and they found her at the top of the stairs going down to the tunnels. Yeah. And there's like, okay, Agnes, come on, come back upstairs. You don't need to be right here. But she would just start doing this very frequently. You would always find her at the top of these catacomb stairs. And she she was always there. So no matter what, Agnes goes missing, that's where she is. Gotcha. One day, she went missing. So the nurse was like, okay, I'll go get Agnes. Goes and was like, come on, come on, Agnes. Let's go back to your room. And as an afterthought, she's like, Agnes, why do you, why do you always go there? And she's like, ah, oh, I'm talking to my friend. Obviously, the nurse doesn't think too much of it because she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you, you going to say? And she and she wasn't going to ask any further, but the patient goes, his name's Alvin, and we like to talk. She's like, okay, Agnes, go back to your room. But then remembers the story, and she remembers that Alvin has been, there's another patient named Alvin who's missing. So she's like, okay, we, we need to. Go explore the tunnels. Need to go explore the tunnels. So she gets a hold of security. She's like, I think we might have found Alvin. I think he's in the tunnels underneath the women's ward. So uh, the security officers go down there. They're looking everywhere. And they couldn't really find, they didn't find anything. But then one of the officers saw a small little crawl space that had a, had a door that was kind of, kind of sort of open. So he opened it a little further, crawled back in there, where he found the dead body of Alvin. Unfortunately, Alvin had died and was apparent that he had been dead for a couple of months. Ew. Therefore, who was Agnes talking to? Alvin. The ghost. Alvin the ghost. Yeah. I would like... Maybe he, like, called in there and he just got stuck or freaked out and couldn't figure out how to get out. Maybe. I mean, you get lost in the tunnels. I, that's possible. It sounds like, okay, you found this one random spot. You went in there and maybe you went to break down and lost, figure, can't figure out how you got in there mm-hmm. and freak out. And maybe you bonk your head. and Yeah, that was it. I, I mean, I don't know what kind of condition Alvin was in. I don't know what he was suffering from. So and maybe he was suffering from delusions or schizophrenia or something we don't really know maybe he was seeing things didn't want to be found yeah maybe. i don't know who knows yeah that was weird there is another nurse who would have to go down into the tunnels to get from building to building It was much easier to go through the tunnels apparently i think i would still walk up top i don't care if there's a snowstorm i don't know <laughs> but as she's walking through the tunnels she would start hearing screaming and moaning coming from one of the side rooms and what sounded like chains moving obviously freaked her out but this woman has got balls of steel 
You know, she doesn't have balls. Yeah, they're just up here. Balls of freaking steel. She's scared, but decides to open the door anyways, just to make sure. I can understand that. <sighs> because, okay, yes, I understand being scared, right? But at the same time, you're a nurse. You're, so most nurses have this pull mm-hmm. to help people, right? They want to make it better. Yeah. And it drives nurses nuts when they can't make it better. So here she is walking through these tunnels where people go missing sometimes, obviously. Obviously, Alvin Poor Alvin went missing. Mm. So she hears, you know, screaming and moaning and people hitting and chains moving. What if a patient got loose, got in there, and another patient locked him up and, you know, you know, stuff happens. I guess. So I can see her being scared to death, but at the same time, like, Oh, I gotta make sure there's nobody in there. Like, I gotta make sure that the person's in there is okay. Well, you she know. opened this door and absolutely nobody was in there. Still, like that. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. That would creep me out. But at the same time, I can see why she opened the door. With knowing nurses and knowing how they they, they want to be that that person that fixes your problem and they want to be there to help you. Yeah. And they're nurt- they're naturally nurturing nurturing and caring. So they hear someone in pain and agony. Most nurses are going to try to do what they can to help that. Mm. But here you are walking through a creepy tunnel versus just taking the beautiful daylight scenery. Going from building to building. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, she mentioned this incident to a lot of her other co-workers. And they're all like, oh, yeah, we know about that room. We don't go by that room. So don't go by that room. You think someone at some point with it signs up. Do not enter dead inside. <laughs> dead zone. <laughs> no. This nurse was employed at the time in 1994 when it was closing. So a lot of the patients were already being sent off to other other hospitals. And so things were kind of hectic and trying to figure out where all these patients were going to go to. And she was on the night shift and just trying to get all the patients to calm down because they all know something's up. They're all nuts anyways. Yeah. So she was trying to get them all to calm down. Finally got everyone to calm down, go to sleep. And she was like, finally, I can take a break. Sits down to take a break. She's sitting there for a good couple of minutes when she starts hearing someone screaming and then sobbing. Lots of screaming and sobbing happening in this place. Makes sense. And she's just like, oh, come on. Of course, as you do after you're on break. So she gets up and starts walking. Well. (laughs) That was a scream. (laughs) Great tirade. I know. She starts walking and then she's noticing that the sobbing that she's hearing is coming from a room that she knows is empty or supposed to be empty. Like no patients. She's like, all right, which one of these patients snuck into this empty room? What's going on? So she opens up the door. There is nothing in there. There's no person. There is no beds. There's no furniture. There is nothing in that room. So she gets a little freaked out. She's backing out of the room, trying to go back to the nurse's station When she looks back and what looks like this dark figure walking out of that room kind of stands at the end of the hallway. So this nurse is terrified seeing this black shadowy 
thing, then all of a sudden it takes off running through a wall. Not towards her. Just Not towards her, through just through a wall. A wall. So, oh yeah, could you imagine if it took off running towards you? I would <laughs> scream and run. <laughs> oh no. I'd get my supernatural on and grab an iron. <laughs> Wait, where's a piece of iron? <laughs> I don't think that would have been a good thing to have in a mental institution. What, iron? An iron, a piece of iron? No, like, okay, so, right, you work in the uh, asylum where there's probably ghosts. All right, I'm going to make sure at least one of my rings is iron, and maybe some bracelets are iron, so if I do have to go up against the ghost and I, I punch okay. him, you know. I understand now. See, what I'm thinking is one of those iron pokers. Yeah, that's because that's what use. Sam and Dean always, know, always have iron. Supernatural. I know. That's where my mind went. They always have <laughs> the pokers. I know. But they're special. <laughs> so then the hospital closes, and her story kind of goes along with this next story. In 1997, after it's closed, all the patients are gone, these buildings are empty. There are still spe- they're special police officers. These police officers are they're, <laughs> they're there to do basic, basic security on pub- not public buildings, on buildings that belong to the state or the city. Um, Probably just a special detail that the officers got put on. Oh, here it is. Capitol Police Force, an extension of Indiana State Police, entrusted the task of girding state-owned buildings in and around Indianapolis. Special police. They're special. Just a special detail. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. One of the maintenance workers who work at Central State called the those police and it was like, I see someone inside this building. Can and and it was in the women's dormitory. You need to send it's someone just out. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you need to come down here and, and check this out. So police police officer gets there. And from what I'm understanding, he was by himself. There's just one police officer who went. Walked into the building, had his flashlight out, goes up to the second floor. And then he starts hearing screaming and sobbing coming from one of the rooms. So he points his flashlight down there. And then what he sees is what looks like a woman in a robe emerging from the room. Mm-hmm. And before he can say anything, she takes off running through a wall. Dun, dun, dun. So it's almost the exact same thing that happened to the nurse. Yeah, but he identified it as a woman, and the other one just said black figure. Well, maybe it took a couple years for the ghost to figure out how to give herself a form. Maybe. Oh, 94, 94. No, three, three years. Took her three years to figure out how to make herself look more human. I mean, it was one of those where, yes, he identified it as a woman, but also he could tell... It wasn't really yeah. a woman. It was a ghost because the light kind of went through her. One more for you. One more. This happened, I'm guessing, somewhere around 99, 2000-ish. All right. I don't really. The only reason I know that is this article that I'm reading was written in 2001. And at the very bottom with this last one, it said recently. Okay. So I'm going within a couple of years of 2001. Almost the same kind of thing happens. The police officers get called because 
some someone's like, I see someone in this building. So instead of one officer, though, two officers go. And they have these flashlights. And they go in, they're, they're looking through the building, when at the exact same moment, both flashlights go out. Ooh, that's never a good thing. No. And the way these cops describe it, though, they're like, these are one, they're $100 flashlights. These flashlights are one of those where you can drop them in water, run them over a truck, do anything, and these things will still work. So to have one of them go out is, you know, weird, I guess. But having two of them go out at the exact same moment is next to impossible. I said, I mean, any any equipment can go bad. Sure, but at the exact same time, especially depending, like, okay, how much how much have you used it? When was the last time you changed the battery? Which one was last, when was the last time you charged it? Like, do you take care of your equipment, or is it just kind of like thrown on the floor? Well, I would home? hope so. You never know, oh. right? You yeah. you never know. I guess so. I can I can understand like without knowing the facts. I guess you could I could see. It's weird for them both to go out at the same time, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's possible. It's just highly unlikely. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, that was the end of the story. Both their flashlights went out while they were looking for something. They didn't find anything because, yeah. you know, the flashlights went dead and they can't really look in a building that has no electricity, so. Get your cell phone on. Let's go. <laughs> I know they didn't have it like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, get out your little flip phone. Come on. <laughs> I had a flip phone probably back. No, I didn't have one in 2000. I had a Nokia in 2001. Wasn't a flip phone, though. Yeah, I had a Nokia, too, but I don't remember when I had the Nokia. I got my flip phone in... Oh... Three or four? See, I got a flip phone in in 06. Hmm. But I had a Nokia, and it was probably like 04 or 05 when I got mine. Just because mm-hmm. I, I had to walk from my school to my mom's office. Mm-hmm. She wanted to make sure I had, you know, yes. emergency contact. Yes. I hate that. My brother got a flip phone and I hated my Nokia. I purposely put it under the tire. <laughs> and it still wouldn't break. The things are damn near indestructible. I kind of want one now. <laughs> no, my dad my dad gave me his Nokia because um, middle school. Yeah. We further down and I would walk home, so. Yeah, that's the only reason I got a cell phone was because yeah. I was female walking um, yep. two and a half miles from school to my mom's office yep by myself right there with you <laughs> so because get the collect calls were getting a little mom here i am cooking me now bye yeah yep <laughs> so school's quick. out come get me bye <laughs> i'm going to show us house bye yeah <laughs> i do that all the time <laughs> oh that's great well we used to travel i used to do that because like you know, your cell would go out because it didn't have cell service because, you know, nothing had cell service. Yeah. There's Paycon. I'm going to the store by. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that was great. Okay, one, one last thing about Central State. And it is still there. There is this large patch of just grassland. And you can see it's right across the street from the pathology building. It's a big, long patch of grass. Maybe there are some stones around there. Maybe. But it is surrounded by this chain link fence. There's no gate to get into it, but it is surrounded by this this fence. This big patch of land, it's about three acres. What it is, if you ever go there and you ever see it and always wonder, huh, weird place for a bunch of grass, whatever. What is there is an actual cemetery with no markers. Hmm. It's said to be about 600 patients. 
that's buried there with absolutely no markers of any kinds. Mass grave? I don't know if it's necessarily mass grave, but it was more of, oh, this patient died. I'm going to bury him. And it's also said that's not the only place they buried them either. I can believe that. I'm sure there are other patches of land and other places that there just happen to be buried bones there. Because that's where they decided to bury him. But with no markers. And it was extremely unorganized. So we have no idea who was buried there. Or how many. Or how many or anything. But it is, a lot of people do say that late at night, if you go through there, you might see a ghostly apparition walking across the land there. So yeah, that's Central State Hospital. Yay. What do you think? Interesting. Want to go? Sure. I do want to talk about the subject again, but I want to do it like a broad subject over all of them. Sure. Because I know I started going that way. It was like, wait a second, we're talking about just one. No, it's okay because we're going to go through so many other asylums. So you can, we can like, we can talk about all you want, Taryn. I don't care. This is half your podcast. Yeah. No, I just, I just bounce stuff back. This is a third of your podcast. (laughs) You do the majority of the work. Ow. Is he kicking you again? He's been kicking me this entire time. Stop picking on your mom. His kicks are so short. She's going to birth you soon. <laughs> oh. One of these days. All right. Now, after all that goodiness and gave myself chills and hearing weird voices. Not voices, but hearing are weird things. Are you hearing voices there. again? Some, sometimes. That's fine. They, yeah, but they the, only say good things. The way the way that he... <laughs> he started the weed whacker at the same time that you go through it. It's like, the chains. <laughs> Okay, horrible timing, guy. Like, really? That? It's like, I'm all good. Like, I don't really care when people do yard work. It's whatever. Yeah. Like, I totally get, especially being, like, seven months pregnant, doing yard work in the evening when it's cooler. I get it. Sure. But at the same time, it is 9.38. It's almost dark outside, and he's wee-whacking. Like, at some point, you gotta turn it off. One, yes, 100%. And I definitely understand when the sun goes down a little bit, but like. It's supposed to be when the light, when the street light comes on, all and, loud noises are supposed to cease. And it's been on for a bit. I know. I guess maybe he's thinking it's the summer and it's, it's Friday the and nobody cares. No, yeah, everyone's No, people awkward. are weird like me who have to get up at five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to go to work. You don't have to. You have tomorrow. I do. <laughs> but next Saturday, I don't. But still. No, I know. I, I don't like that. So if you listen to our podcast, Man Across the Street, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. He doesn't seem like that kind of person that would listen to a podcast. I don't know. I have to tell people all the time how to listen to podcasts. Yeah. So, hey, if you are listening to us right now and you know how to listen to a podcast, congratulations, because not a lot of people do. If you want to tell your neighbor or whoever... That you know how to listen to podcasts, please do that because a lot of people just don't know how. Yeah. I always, my grandma was like, now how do I listen to this? I'm like, grandma, I post it on Facebook, just click on the link, it'll take you right to it. That works. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Tyler, we were over at one of Tyler's friends' house and he was telling them about the podcast and he goes, now how do I get that? You gotta get it, you gotta get a podcast app, See, first of all. I'm that person because Heather had to tell me. Uh, yes. How to do it. Well, Tyler had to tell me how to do it. Okay, so we've all, we've all been there. Yeah, I don't know. everyone's got to figure it out on their own, I guess. But 
But that is just something to be aware of because I never did realize how many people just don't understand how to listen to podcasts. Yeah. There are so many people who just don't get it. They're used to the radio. Which is essentially what we are. We're radio that you can listen to whenever you want. With no commercials. Yet. We do have squirrels. Squirrels! Now, a lot of the podcasts I listen to do have commercials, but that's after they get a lot of people who listen to them and sponsors are like, hey, do commercials for us for money. Maybe someday. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. But they'll be fun ones. Thank you guys for listening to us. Taryn? Give me a joke. It's kind of a long joke, but it's funny. All right. Lay it on me. What do you know about Murphy's Law? I don't know anything about Murphy's Law. Everyone knows about We all learned about Murphy's Law. The three Murphy's Law, like, you know, what's, uh, what is still, remains still, but to get it moving. I forget the exact words of okay. it. But it's, it's things like, okay, it's going to happen because you started it. It's things that just, it happens. You also look up Murphy's Law. Okay. It, look up Murphy's Law and make this make more sense, but it's okay. still funny. Things that happen that happen. It says Murphy's Law and then, like, but changed. Sure. So number one. If you're anywhere and you want to look serious, carry a clipboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is so true. Like when I was when I was yeah. a new person to the military, if you wanted to get out of stuff, you did one of two things. You had a cigarette or you were carrying a clipboard, even if the clipboard has a blank piece of paper on it and you had a pen, and you just walked around looking like you were looking for somebody. People would scatter and nobody would ask you to do anything. That's awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> Eat one live toad first thing in the morning, and nothing worse will happen to you for the rest of the day. I suppose that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. Why would you just eat a toad? Ugh. That's nasty. Ugh. I don't like it. Okay. I just read the first one. I thought the first one was funny, so the rest of them should be. All right. Number three. If you if at first you don't succeed, try again, then quit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mother's number four. Mother said there would be days like this, but she never said there would be so many. <laughs> Important letters that contain no errors will develop errors in the mail. I don't get it. I don't get that one. Someone gets it. If you are good, you will be assigned all the work. That's true. It is. It is. Dang true. it. See, number seven. If it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would get done. Oh, man. Is that the truth? <laughs> when you don't know what to do, walk first, then wor- or then look worried. Yeah. If you don't know what to do, walk first and, and look worried. Okay. Oh, walk fast. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fast, not first. Walk Let me rephrase fast that. Fast and look worried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> When you don't know what to do, walk fast and look worried. <laughs> okay. You will always get the greatest recognition for the job you least like. Right? Yeah. Like, I hated doing that. I did a horrible job. You did a fantastic job. Great job. Like, yeah. what about this? This was good. People tell me all the time, Heather, you have a wonderful phone voice. Thanks. I hate talking to people on the phone. Yeah. Machines that have broken down will work perfectly when the repairman arrives. They do. Oh my goodness. How many freaking times <laughs> oh, does that, that happen? Hilarious. 
It's fine. What are you talking about? What do you mean it didn't start? It was starting right up. Did you press enter? <laughs> yes, I pressed enter. Uh, so that is the Ten Amendments to Murphy's Law. That's great. <laughs> Should I look up Murphy's Law? No, it's fine. Okay. Look up Murphy's Law. Look up Murphy's Law if you don't know what it is. Some of those are really good. The first one got me. That, that's funny. Because I've done that. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of those are good. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Again, I'm very sorry about last week and just sickness happening. And I know, it's terrible. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Also, here in the next uh, couple months, if I'm no longer here well, for a couple podcasts, I apologize. But We can't expect Taryn to do a podcast episode while she's in the hospital having a baby. So... I'm just giving you a heads up. It's coming. <laughs> well, we might have a couple of guests, a guest hosts while Taryn's out with a needed break with her new baby boy. So excited. So we're going to do the first podcast back. Uh-huh. I'm going to hold him the entire time. That's fine. So. I'm okay with that. Okay. So adorable. Okay. Babies. Hello, babies. Okay. All right. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, ask us some questions. You got some fun topics you want to share with us. I mean, you know, I'll get on it. You have a good David, joke. I'll get on it. If you have a good joke, let me know. Yes, if you have a good joke, please send them in. Email is heather at fortweirdpodcast.com. You can get on our website, fortweirdpodcast.com. We've got the contact us at the bottom, and that'll send it right to my email, so I'll get that. You can also reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I've been sick. I haven't been getting on those. I'm sorry, guys, but if you send us you know, any messages, I'll definitely get on and I'll I'll talk to you guys. I will, I promise. But those are at Fort Weird Pod. And please, please, if you like us, please rate and review us on any of your podcast platforms. That really helps us out, gets us out there. Share us with a friend. You force your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, significant other, coworker, coworker, you force people to listen to us. That's how we get recognized and so other people you know just spread the word spread the word get us out there i drive around with my sticker on the back of my car so i guess if you guys listen in fort wayne now you'll know my van <laughs> all right thanks for joining us we are done we'll catch you next week bye bye the existence of this 